Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huevo. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, you have stopped in for a visit with your friend, Dr. Andrew Michaels. You are always welcome, and he invites you in for a conversation that, knowing him, could go in any direction. Hi, come on in everyone. Come on in. Mm, I know. I have to be completely honest. I am beat too. This is some winter we're having. It happens every year. Winter comes along. Everybody starts getting sick. Colds, flus, bad weather, car breakdowns. You end up working way more hours than you're used to. And you're just constantly exhausted. The days are so short. But I will say, it was a sunny day in Ohio today on Monday. And the sun beamed through the windows of my house. And it really turned my attitude around. It was so beautiful. And I put the blinds up and just let the sun beat in to where I was sitting in my living room, relaxing. I had a kind of a day off, (laughs) not much, but kind of a day off. And I was thinking about our sponsor. And uh, it seems like they like us. So we got a good response from the audience. And uh, because of that, today's show is sponsored by Manscaped. That's right. Support for ASMR Tiara Guello is brought to you today by Manscaped. Check them out for free worldwide shipping and use the code TIRAR, T-I-R-A-R to get an extra 20% discount on all your below-the-waist male grooming needs. Turn your primate into a playmate. (laughs) And I have a full beard. I let my beard grow in so that I could shave it for a couple of very specific videos. I want to do a tattoo artist and I want to do a Amish video. And I'm just about ready to start uh, shaving and uh, shaping my beard, and then I'm going to cut my beard completely off so I can do a bunch of characters this winter that I can't do with a beard. There's certain characters I really want to do in February, which is right now, and uh, I can't do it with a beard. So, uh, like the Penguin, the Joker things like that. Uh, They just don't have beards, so I've got to shave it off for that. And um, I shouldn't even tell you this, but I was really wanting to do Sister Angelica. I don't know if anybody remembers her, but I actually bought a nun costume 
and I just might do that character, and it would be really funny. So I'm definitely going to be using the plow, and I'm definitely going to be using the uh, lawnmower from Manscaped to clean up my face. So remember, get 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code TERROR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TERROR, T-I-R-A-R. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. <laughs> they have the greatest taglines, don't they? Hey, my audience is 90% plus male, and I'm sure the women out there will appreciate these products too, because take it from a man who does need to groom a lot. Ladies, they work. Men, they work. And I could talk about them more often, because I use them. I even ordered a huge order from Manscaped for myself. Used the code, saved a bunch of money, and... uh I love the straight razor that they sell. It's wonderful. Uh, when I was a kid, I used the single-edged... I had an old single-edged, single-blade razor. And uh, Manscaped makes an awesome one. And it's been years since I used them. I used the multi-blade flexible head ones. And I'm, they work really good. But I, I'm old school. You know, I grew up using a single-blade razor. And... Uh, safety razor and I missed using it and I'm glad Manscaped went back to the classic face razor and I love it and I can't wait to use it and shave this beard off very soon so I'll keep all you posted on that and as I was saying it's crappy outside it's winter February is that wonderful magical month it's the eight weeks between January and March that we all have to suffer through in Northeast Ohio and the rest of the country. It's an old joke. But there's one thing about living in Ohio, the Northeast, like Michigan and Illinois, Wisconsin, or up in Canada, and New York and even Pennsylvania, that kind of unites all of us. The weather is so we live and work our fingers to the bone every hour of overtime we can work and we just keep this country the grease in this country we keep those wheels greased and we just keep them moving because all the people that live in my area have one common goal in mind and that is work all year so that you can go on vacation in the summer, someplace warm, tropical trees, palm trees, coconuts, pina coladas, and lots of pretty girls in bikinis. And I swear, we all work for that. And even though I'm older, and I don't like looking at younger girls anymore because they're the same age as my daughter, and I go, oh my god, cringy, and I all that, I still love to see young men and women enjoying themselves on the beach, families with their children, 
running around, the kids playing in the waves, and the older couples, just people watching like my wife and I. We're getting older, walk on the beach, check out all the turtle nests, checking, looking for shells, buying ourselves fancy chairs to sit on on the beach so we can relax. You know, when you get older, you start to look at the world differently. And I do miss having little children. And I sometimes think it would be wonderful to raise another set of children. And that is a thought that goes through my mind because I was a good dad. I was a, a decent dad. I liked taking my kids on vacation. And I loved spoiling them. Just spoiled the hell out of them. And uh, believe it or not, I... And planning a vacation this year, finally. And last year, my daughter didn't go with us. She stayed home, took care of the dogs, and the house sat for us. This year, we're taking her with us. Might be the, th the last time. And it's weird because with the COVID and pandemic and everything, we kind of got stuck. We wanted to go to London, England. This is the big announcement, by the way. We wanted to go to London, England, uh, the year after we went, uh, the first time, because we loved it so much, but it was a short trip. We went during the holidays, and we only had a small window of time that my wife could get off from work to go so we were only there in Europe and England for five days and we had to come right back and it was over Thanksgiving and it was like the best time to, to go I, I thought it would be the worst time to travel but we had such a wonderful time it was, it was really a good time to, to travel because the travel industry is really focused around moving people then and keeping everything going in one direction. And I think there's a benefit to that. Where when you go off season, off times, there's not that impotence to get everything right and to keep everything going and, you know, a steady pace and keeping everything going in the right direction. I've noticed that because I... And one of these people who likes to take vacation on the off months like January and March or January, early March before the holidays or after the holidays. And I noticed that travel agents and flights and everything are a little more lax then because it's not the go time. It's not the high point of the season and everybody's kind of taking a more. I don't know, backseat driver, lackadaisical attitude about the, the vacations that come during those at those times. And we started to travel and go places in July, and everybody has their best foot forward because they know you're there on vacation, and everybody is really focused on making the experience perfect because they don't want to ruin their business. And this year, hopefully, I don't want to say we are because 
I've tried to go and do things two or three times during this um, pandemic and everything's always got canceled or moved back <clears throat> or changed. But around July 23rd to July 31st, I will be in the London United Kingdom area. That's right. I'm going back to London. And I will plan a couple public meetings with friends. So if you are in the area or want to travel to see me, you are more than welcome to come and meet me and my family and all the other artists and friends that will come there. We had about a dozen people come and meet me last time, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a rainy day and uh, I think a lot of people were just nervous about coming out and meeting in a public place and we had such a wonderful time with everybody and it was just a magical time meeting Jim ASMR and Tippy Tappy ASMR and then I had another meeting where I met uh, Periwinkle Rose and uh, I met uh, oh, what's her name? Oh my god, Perception ASMR. And of course, Peggy uh, Whispers ASMR, my longtime friend, traveled with us. So it was really cool. We had Peggy Whispers with us, and I got to listen to her melodic, uh, melodic, beautiful voice for days while I was in England. And she is such a sweet soul and a friend of my wife and daughter's. Everybody loves Peggy. If you don't like Peggy Whispers, if you have a problem with her or you've blocked her or you just don't like her, there's not something wrong with Peggy. There's something wrong with you. She is an angel, a mermaid, a mermaid of the highest order, a princess on this earth. And if you have some kind of um, functional failure of friendship with her <laughs> you're the one that is fudged up and needs to rethink their life <laughs> and I mean that sincerely and I mean that with you know joking really she's just a doll and such a natural at speaking to people and talking and making friends what a wonderful lady, and I just adore her to death. She's like a daughter to me. And, you know, she is very good friends with my wife. And I point this out because it's not often you travel halfway around the world to meet a woman. And Peggy and I met the first time we went to London. Met physically, where we got to hug and talk and sit in the same room. And, you know, go to dinner and everything together. And usually when you're a married man, that's not a, you know, wives aren't that big on it. I think my wife was more excited to meet Peggy and my daughter was more excited to meet Peggy than I was. I, I just think they they adore Peggy and, you know, they're friends and they talk and they keep in touch and they share 
uh, memories with each other and got to know each other. And we had an absolute blast the last time we went to England. And we went and saw Stonehenge and what else did we do? We went to a lot of pubs, which sounds silly, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to pubs. Didn't have to be a fancy place. And I wanted to talk to my friends and meet people and talk to the, 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 the different people that live there in the different areas. And we had such a wonderful time meeting and making friends with people. And I, I gotta be careful because I, you know, you say the wrong names, but we, you know, met Perry Winkle Rose and her, um, boyfriend, Tom and Perception ASMR and her boyfriend and, and, you know, of course Peggy was with her boyfriend and you get to meet all these people and we all just got along famously and we got to see The Clash, the rock band The Clash had a, um, uh, historical display in the London Museum um, and, and it was just incredible to see the history of the clash laid out I mean, they had everything they had the typewriter that the guy wrote this original clash music and lyrics and songs on and original notes and it was just the most complete collection I had ever seen in the famous guitar. I think it was a bass that the bassist, I think, um, does the axe slam with his, uh, the Pete Townsend break in your guitar move. And it was a famous photograph and it became one of their album covers. And it was done in New York, which is just to me is like, okay, here's this punk band from London area. And they fly over to New York and they make this dramatic, fantastic performance in front of these photographers and reporters in New York. And the guy just, he grabs this iconic photo of this moment where the guy smashes his bass. And I'm standing there with my hands on the glass, looking at that bass, just shattered into a thousand pieces and it's right there, you know, it's it's on the other side of the glass, but it's right there at my fingertips. And it was just amazing. And the displays in museums, when you go to England, as an American, are mind boggling. I would take my kids to museums in Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Washington DC and Florida different places and our history would have you know they'd have some you know our history goes back in this country you know 3 to 500 years and then they would have you know once in a while a, a special showing of Egyptian stuff from over you know they would a traveling exhibit of um, Egyptian stuff or some dinosaurs and stuff and you get to see all that stuff you know and the Museum of Natural History in Cleveland Ohio even though it's very small it has some fantastic displays 
and fantastic historical items in it of great scientific importance. But you go into this, just any old museum in England, and they've got rows and rows and display after display of items from 1,000, 1,200, years ago. You know, where in the United States they might have a, a, a display case with three swords or four swords in it. In England, they've got a display case with ten swords and axes and knives and daggers and helmets and different types of armor and how the men wore different armor pieces to show their rank in society, not just for protection and not just for you know military or for protection. They wore it for display purposes. They wore it for to show their uh, their stature in society like they were a lord or a duke and and it's just amazing the incredible amount of items and they're so ancient and then you walk by these buildings in England and London and different parts of the country and and oh this bridge is a thousand years old and this this building is 1,500 years old, and this church is 1,000 years old. And I'm just throwing numbers out there. I know I'm just all over the place. But it's like, oh my gosh. Like, this place is ancient. Like, this just dwarfs anything that we get exposed to. Like, in the United States, you know, this church is over 100 years old. And we're like, yeah, that's that's really old and it is and it is old and it's ancient and you know this church has been go here since colonial times 200 years ago it's like yeah wow that's super old to us and it's big deal and then it's like you'd be hard-pressed to find a church in England that isn't old older than that you know like you know what I mean like some of the older older buildings and it's just amazing to me you know they have pubs that are pubs, little tiny bars that are 500 years old and in continuous operation. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. This hotel is, this hotel, this lodge, this, you know, they modernize it. It's a modern hotel and it's nice. It's got amenities in it. But the pub and the hotel building itself have been in operation for 500, 600 years, and you're like, that's older than the United States has even been around by double, almost triple. You know, our country's only two, 250, 300 years old. Our country, I mean. The point is, the United States isn't that old, and it's just amazing to me. I just think it helps to go to some place you're not used to it doesn't have to be age and history. It could be a country that has a different religion or a different culture than what you're used to. England's very close to the United States in a lot of ways. But it's very old, very tradition, traditional versus what the United States is. The United States is a young, new, hip country that has a different way of looking at the world. And I think if you go to a place like England and experience a nation that's similar but very different in so many ways and has a 
richer history or a different culture or a different religion than the country you were raised in, it can really change your perspective and help open your eyes to how the world works. And I was in Germany and it was kind of like the opposite because of the blitz, the bombing of England by Germany in World War II, the British retaliated and bombed back and destroyed a lot of German cities. So a lot of the architecture in Germany, especially the countries I was in, parts of the country I was in, the buildings were actually newer. They were more like the United States. And it was odd to see a country with such an ancient, rich history as Germany and a culture that goes back so long into the past. And all the cities are more modern text, uh, architecture from, say, the 50s and 60s. So it was quite, quite a, an odd dichotomy for me. And I thought it was very interesting. And I think that when you go to a place, you can read about it all you want. I knew the history of England in 1066 and the Saxon invasions and the Viking invasions and the wars with France that they had and the wars with Spain that they had. But to actually go to these places and see the history from a different perspective really opens your eyes and wakes you up to what these people experienced and the tradition and the culture and why they are the way they are today. And I think it's not missing in the United States, but as a young nation that's very powerful, very wealthy, uh, the, the, the citizens are able to garner wealth and travel the world. They have a responsibility to come back to the United States and impart that knowledge and that wisdom that they've learned and gained and gathered by spending time with the folks that live in that country and maybe making the United States a better place, you know, and and pointing out things that maybe we miss. We just don't know. You know, England went through so many phases. Germany, too, and Europe itself. And the United States, we came here to form a new country and avoid some of those pitfalls. So when you look at your country and you think about, okay, we're progressive and we're modern and we are a democracy and all these other things... But it's still easy to fall into the traps of society and the establishment and a laissez-faire attitude where just, oh, well, whatever, whatever, and let the world go by. And it's important to, if you want to stay on top and stay on the cutting edge and keep your country advancing, you need to see the pitfalls other countries fell into and then make sure you you help your own country not repeat those historical mistakes and I think it's very important I learned a lot 
of things that I really didn't realize when I went to different countries. How they treat the homeless, how businesses interact, how food services and food production and the quality of food products is very different in England and Europe compared to the United States. We are so advanced and we think we're always number one in the United States, but there's a lot of things we are lagging behind other parts of the world and the Latin American community and Europe are way ahead of us on a lot of little things. And these things are like food production and food quality and the use of pesticides and the use of, um, you know, like I had to make a long story short, like fakish foods or, you know, low quality foods in our food products. A lot of that stuff doesn't go on in these other parts of the world and people eat better and they're living a cleaner, healthier lifestyle because of it. And it kind of surprises me. You know it, you kind of know it, but then you don't understand it until you see it. Uh, just just something as simple as eating a, a, a chocolate bar in, in England tastes totally different than a, a candy bar in the United States. The same product, you can buy them in both countries. But in the United States, they're allowed to use more wax and cellulose and all these, you know, corn syrup instead of cane sugar in the products. And it cheapens the product. And the product in England is a richer, tastier, more probably healthier product because you're not eating all this garbage for the same value, basically. You know, it's still the price of a candy bar. I mean, and it's weird. And I know I kind of went off on a tangent. And I know that I was just going to talk about vacation. And I know I was supposed to make an announcement that I'm in July I'm going to England again. And maybe I'll get to see some of you. But I wanted you to know that going on vacation to me is whether I go to North Carolina and I go to historical sites like last year I went to the battleship North Carolina. My wife's grandfather served as a marine gunner on the battleship North Carolina and she stood there and put her finger on his name on the list of marines that served on that ship from 1942 to 1947 and she was could not have been prouder and I am so patriotic, and I love my country, and I'm just so proud of this great nation and all of our accomplishments. But that doesn't mean there isn't work to do. That doesn't mean we can't improve things. And it doesn't mean we can't make the world better and continue to make it better. And part of that would be to see how other people are successful in what they're doing right what they're doing wrong avoid their mistakes adopt their things they're doing right and whether I'm in North Carolina or Disneyland 
or you know Walt Disney World in Florida or Chicago just seeing the sights or New York City or London England talk to the people talk to the people that live there get to know them learn something bring something back and then turn on that microphone and tell people what you saw tell people what you learned make the world just a tiny bit better there's probably somebody out there listening to me right now that's always wondered about going to England going to Germany going to France and I'm here to tell you the some of the greatest experiences I have there are not eating at some posh expensive fancy restaurant that everybody raves about that's a tourist trap the most fun I had in England was going into a local fish shop in Windsor uh, Windsor which is a little town west of London outside the Queen's Castle there was a nice little fish shop in the plaza of local shops and I'm sitting there and a family from the United States with children I think they had three kids it was grandparents and a son and a daughter-in-law and I think three kids and they sat right across from me in this little tiny fish shop and we shared you know I handed them ketchup and the condiments because you know we were sharing them back and forth and helping them because the father was completely overwhelmed with the children it's hard to take care of two or three kids and I just love children and families and see how hard they work to try to make a better way for themselves. And it was the funnest experience in my life that I was all the way over in England, in Windsor, and I'm sitting beside these nice people from, I think they were from California, and they were tour, touring the area just like me. And I think they were happy to see a friendly face. And... uh I was certainly happy to see them. And it's strange. It's just a a small, small world. And you've got to find those places of magic and those neat little moments in time. And you've got to learn something from it. Bring something back. Sit down and tell the story. There's so many stories I could tell about my friend Stefan's wedding. That's what we were there for and meeting Peggy and all the other friends I met and going to a pub with Tippy Tappy ASMR and Jim ASMR having some pints and just meeting all these really cool people that watch my silly videos and listen to my silly podcasts and Greeting people as friends, greeting them as family, making them feel welcome around my my wife and my daughter and my friends, and introducing them all to Peggy and my wife and my daughter was a big deal to me. And you make friends and maybe make the world a little closer, make it even a little smaller, 
bringing people together. Those things mean a lot to me. And I know I rambled a lot, and I just talked and talked and talked, but I hope it was 100% positive. I went on a typical American vacation a week at the beach, and I went to so many historical, beautiful places in North Carolina and visited some fantastic military ships and saw the ocean and enjoyed the spray from the waves and the smell of the salt water and the and the sand scrubbed the skin of my feet and I felt like a million bucks every day and this year I want to go to England and I want to see my friends again and I hope I can film it this time and do a live stream and all of you can join me there I would like that I'd like you to meet my friend Jim and Tippy Tappy and whoever else shows up and I'd like to introduce them to you and make the world a little kinder and bring people a little closer and make friends bring everybody just a little closer together that would be pretty cool we'll talk to you soon I hope you have a wonderful week don't work too hard like me and until I see you again please have a most blessed day bye bye Support for ASMR Get Out of the Whale is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 4 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TIRAR at manscaped.com. That's the code T-I-R-A-R at manscaped.com. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share this podcast with someone who might enjoy it and to rate or review it on your podcast player of choice. Those small things only take a few minutes and they really do help our podcast grow. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash Links to connect with us on social media and to take a look at our merchandise can be found in the show notes. The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission.
correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardahuello at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels and his entire staff, thank you.